0: These are our last Big 12 football power rankings for the season. Can't believe it. Welcome in. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is where you find us covering the Big 12. And we are so grateful you're here and a part of the show. So every single week since week one, we've been counting down from worst to first our Big 12 Power Rankings. Well, it's championship week, and that means it's time for the final Power Rankings. We've got only two teams playing this week, so it's going to be pretty obvious who's number one after Saturday, either Oklahoma State or Texas. So let's do this for one final time. Welcome in. Hit the thumbs up button on YouTube. Subscribe to us on the podcast. We so appreciate you being here. All season long and being a part of the show. And let me just point out, we're not going anywhere when football ends. By the way, there's still a month of football to go. Championship week, bowl games, there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. But if you think we go anywhere after football season, then you haven't been around long enough. We're not going anywhere. That being said, let's count it down from worst to first in the Big 12 this week. And remember, we put extra emphasis on who you've beaten and what you've done this most recent week. Dead last in the power rankings this week, the Cincinnati Bearcats. They come in at number 14. They get blown out by Kansas in their final game at home. It was ugly. It was hideous, for that matter. Gave up almost 12 yards per play to the Jayhawks. And Cincinnati also is only a one-win Big 12 team this year, and they come in at number 14. At number 13 in the power rankings, Baylor. Ugh. What an ugly season, even when they almost had a win. They were this close to getting actually a decent win against West Virginia. They screwed the pooch. They gave up the late touchdown. The only score for the Mountaineers in the second half, and they end up losing the game. And Dave Aranda, he just saved his job by the skin of his teeth. Dave Aranda kept his job for 2024. It's the right move, as I noted, but uh, still – it was not looking good there for a period of time for Dave Aranda, but he's hanging on to his job despite a terrible season for Baylor. It was brutal all around. At number 12 in the power rankings, Houston. So this is the first change we've got. Baylor and Cincinnati were 13-14 each of the last two weeks. Houston goes down from 11-12, to 12, and they fired Dana Holgerson, of course, on Sunday. Uh, well-deserved as far as I'm concerned. Dana Holgerson was not the guy to move this thing forward. He was not going to be the answer at quarterback uh, for this team and for this program. So a quarterback as head coach. <laughs> Dana Holgerson might have been better off being the quarterback now that I think about it. He couldn't have done a worse job than he did as head coach. <laughs> oh, boy. There's a brain fart for you, but we made it work. So he couldn't have been the quarterback, and he wasn't a, Dan- he wasn't a good head coach. So Dana is out, moving on. We'll see who Houston decides to go with, but they finished the season as 12th in our power rankings. You know, here's how bad it was. Houston lost six of their seven Big 12 games by 21, 23, 41, 10, 13, and 14 points. Six of seven losses by double digits. They were not losing one score games here with Houston. They were getting blown out of the building. And by the way, against mediocre competition, TCU, Texas Tech, uh, throw UCF in the mix. I, you know, I mean, they lost to Cincinnati by 10 points. It's, it's pathetic. No offense, Cincinnati, but you're Houston losing by 10 points to the Bearcats, that is pathetic. So they finished 12th in the power rankings this week. At number 11, BYU. BYU closed the season strong. They took on Oklahoma. They took on Oklahoma State. They took both of these teams down to the wire. They only had to win one to get to 500, to get the bowl eligibility, and they couldn't do it. But they put themselves in that spot with some bad losses throughout the season. They played well those last two games. I give them a lot of credit. But, um, you know, listen, as I said on the show on Saturday night, don't take it personally, BYU, that every Big 12 fan was rooting against you and for Oklahoma State because the old-school Big 12 fans did not want to see a Red River rivalry to end the Big 12 football season and the Big 12 careers for both of these programs. They didn't want to see it. So it's nothing personal. It was only business, as they say. Uh, but BYU playing some good football, they move up from 13 to 11, in the Power Rankings this week. At number 10 in the Power Rankings, TCU. One of the most disappointing seasons in the Big 12. And I'll tell you what, I I mean, you tell me right now on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, I'd be curious, who is the biggest disappointment in the Big 12 this season? I would say it's some combination of TCU, Texas Tech, and Baylor. And you can make the argument it's any of those three. I could make the argument for TCU coming off a national championship game, not even getting to a bowl game is pathetic. Baylor wins three games, loses some just terrible games, and then Texas Texas a team I thought could compete at the top of the Big 12, and you know they're lucky to be bowl eligible by the end of the season. But uh, TCU, when you look at this team and the fall from last year to this year, Sonny Dice got him to a national title. He didn't forget how to coach. They just didn't have the guys to get it done this year. And they had a lot of misses in that transfer portal. Corey says he'd lean towards Baylor. Listen, I put a gun to my head between these three. I would say Baylor as well. When you're as bad as they've been, you go three and nine. But, um, you know, you can make the case for any of them. All three of those Texas schools had just terrible seasons and woefully underachieved. TCU's 10 in the power rankings. At number 9, UCF closing the season strong. One of the hotter teams in the Big 12 winning three of their final four games in impressive fashion to get to bowl eligibility. And when you think about the close losses for UCF, they lost three games by combined four points. Baylor, that insane comeback by the Bears. Oklahoma Texas Tech 3 losses by 4 points a bounce here or there and UCF could have gone 7 and 5, 8 and 4, heck 9 and 3 uh, this team under Gus Malzahn is going to be in a very good position going forward so UCF comes in at ninth in the power rankings uh, tweak. At number 8, Texas Tech falling from 6. You know, I thought Texas would cover in the game on Black Friday, in part because they were more motivated, but in part because Tech just isn't that good. I mean, every time you watch them, it's like, yeah, they're an okay team, and Texas is darn good, and Texas blew their doors off by 50 points on Friday. You know, Joy Maguire will take the next three weeks to, to coach up for bowl eligibility. You know, it's always good to have that bowl game, get the extra practice time and all that stuff. It's great. It's good for the team. It's good for next season. I like all of that. But let's be honest. Texas Tech did not come close to meeting their expectations this year. And Friday was just another example of that. I mean, it wasn't even a ball game. So, Texas Tech number eight in the power rankings this week. At number seven, West Virginia. You know, it was the most Neil Brown thing that this team was on the verge of being eight and four and nearly blew a game to three and eight Baylor. But they got it done. They came back, got a win. Credit to Neil Brown. I mean, what a year. You can make a case for Neil Brown as Big 12 coach of the year. And I will add that we are going to announce our all-Big 12 team uh, this week. So keep an eye out for that at heartlandcollegesports.com. But Neil Brown or Steve Sarkeesian, probably the guys, and Neil Brown was on the hot seat, and now he is solidly returning for 2024. No questions asked. He's got the quarterback, and I don't think Eric Green's great, but when he's running the ball effectively, he's got a good dual-threat quarterback. He's got to work on his passing game but he's got some good running backs to work with. So West Virginia, number seven in the power rankings this week at number six, the Kansas Jayhawks first eight win season in 15 years. Congratulations. KU rock chalk, baby. It is incredible what Lance Leipold has done. He's uh, put this team in a position to be near the top of the new big 12 come 2024. Like I, Okay, there's no blue bloods in the new Big 12. I get it. Rub the salt in the wound if you want, if you're an OU and Texas fan. But this is going to be the most competitive and interesting conference in America, bar none. It is not going to be close when it comes to wild finishes, crazy games, incredible entertainment. There's going to be so much about this league that we're going to like, and it's just going to be damn fun and Kansas is going to be in the mix for the foreseeable future under Lance Leipold. There's no doubt in my mind about that. KU finishes sixth in the power rankings um, as we roll through those. At number five, let's hit the top five. Kansas State at number five. Now, they lost a stinker against the Cyclones. That was ugly on Saturday night. You give up 42 points on 35 plays. Iowa State got 10 first downs. Oh, my goodness, that was hideous. But you know what? You had a very good season. You didn't defend the Big 12 title like a lot of us thought you might. But in the end, it's not a huge step back. No one's going to look at Kansas State and say, well, 8-4, you know, sheesh. I don't know about these Wildcats under Chris Kleiman. No one's going to say that. So it wasn't the season that I expected. I thought they'd get back to Arlington, but heck, they were a game away from doing that. So K-State's 5 in the power rankings. Number 4, Iowa State coming on late. Oh my goodness, winning Farmageddon, 7-5. and Uh, Abu Sama, 3 touchdown yards, 3 touchdown runs of over 60 yards. Dude was awesome on Saturday night. And here's the thing. If you have not been watching Iowa State, you are missing out. This team got better and better and better as the season went on. They lost to Oklahoma by 30. If Iowa State played to OU today, neutral site, I bet you OU favored by a touchdown. They're not losing that game by 30 points. They have gotten significantly better as a team. The defense, I know it wasn't on display in that weird snow game. The defense has continued to come on strong under John Heacock. The offense with a lot of young guys, Rocco Beck, Abu Sama, we saw them all play out over the weekend. The ceiling is really high for this team, and they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Big 12 starting next year. In fact, I think they should be a dark horse in the Big 12 for 2024. So there you go with Iowa State at number four. At number three in the power rankings, Oklahoma finishing up the season with a dominant win over TCU. Now for OU, they still have got to be kicking themselves over the way that Kansas and Oklahoma State game went um, earlier in the month. This team, especially the last three weeks, I mean, it's it's clearly a top 10 team in the country, but they had a midseason slump. It happens to the best of them. But OU number three in the power rankings this week. At number two, the Oklahoma State Cowboys Storming back down 24-6 against BYU, winning in double OT, and punching that ticket to a big 12 championship game where they will take on the number one team in the power rankings this week, as you would imagine, the Texas Longhorns. 50-point blowout attack. They are in control. They still have hopes of a college football playoff appearance. So there is a lot going on and a lot that's going to be happening um, over the next few days. And we are here to cover it all at heartlandcollegesports.com. I'm Pete Mundo. Thanks, as always, for being a part of the show. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Garrett says Lance Leipold should be the Big 12 Coach of the Year. You can make the case for Neil Brown, Lance Leipold, Steve Sarkeesian. Those are the guys that would come to mind when it comes to Big 12 Coach of the Year. But I would give it to Steve Sarkisian. He would be my choice. How long have we talked about Texas being back? Ah, oh, they got all the talents. This is the year. Sark has this program in a really good place, and he's done it in very impressive fashion. You beat Alabama on the road. You have one loss to Texas in the Red River game where OU had to drive down on a game-winning drive to, to, to get the win. Sark would be my guy. And I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm a Big 12 guy. I'm not supposed to give any credit to OU in Texas, but I'm a straight shooter. I've said that for a long time. I'm going to call it even with those teams, and I would give it to Sark. He would be my choice for Big 12 Coach of the Year. So that's just how it goes. Um, welcome in. If you're just joining us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button there. at the. You, know, you see it right there at the bottom of the screen. I'm pointing to it right now. Hit that thumbs up. It helps this show tremendously on YouTube. And subscribe as well. That way, you never miss a show. We're going to have a lot of great shows coming your way this week. I mean, we've added hundreds of subscribers just in the last few days. So make sure you're part of that. We are growing this channel every single day. And it's because of you that we're able to do that and have these great and fun conversations on YouTube, on Facebook, on the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, being a part of the show. Now, the transfer portal is chaotic. Have you seen what's going on already in the transfer portal? Will Howard, Kansas State, hits the portal, the quarterback. Now, if you didn't see it, Will Howard was walking off the field on Saturday night in Manhattan after the loss to Iowa State, and he was, he was pretty emotional. And a lot of speculation began that that was because he knew this was his last game with Kansas State. He knew that he was going to be going somewhere else. And I don't know how much of this is Will Howard. I don't know how much of this is K-State. But remember the world that we're in right now, the NIL world, the pay-for-play. It was all supposed to be about what? Hey, let's let a kid get an endorsement from a car dealership. That's not what it is. It's the Wild West. It is dishing out direct dollars to players. So now that's the game everybody has to play. And if you're Kansas State, and you've seen Avery Johnson, and you've seen Will Howard, you're not picking Avery Johnson over Will Howard, but you've got a few more years with one guy, and you've got one more year with the other. Which one are you taking? And by the way, you can't afford to keep both. That's the other part of the equation here that can't get overlooked. You can't afford, yes, literally, monetarily afford to keep both. I don't know the price tag on some of these guys. I have no idea, but it's not cheap. And Kansas State is not Georgia. Kansas State is not Texas. Kansas State is not going to pay and cannot pay the kind of money that they would have to pay to keep both of these guys on campus. And this is a reality now of the transfer portal. Things are changing. You're not going to have the experienced backup quarterback anymore. Here's what you can have. If you're a team like Kansas State, I mean, take the, 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 the high-end blue bloods out of it. The team like Kansas State that's a really good top 25 program but doesn't have that top-tier money, they can have a quarterback who's got experience, who they pay a little money to, who they get a little coin to, and then they got to hope they got a guy behind them that can play. Because if you got two guys that can play, those guys want to get paid. And they want to go play somewhere. And that's what's going to happen now going forward. Guys are going to look at this not just about football, but also as a business decision. It's a business. These guys are working with agents now. It is changing in front of our eyes. And I'm not sitting here saying that Will Howard's going for a money grab or anything like that. That's not, that's not what I'm insinuating. But what I'm suggesting is this is the way of the future in college football, especially at a program like uh, like Kansas State, where you've got two quarterbacks who can both win you games at the Power 5 level. The odds of you being able to keep both of those guys are slim to none, and that's what we are going to see more of across the college football landscape, especially with certain programs. So uh, Blake Shapin, the Baylor quarterback, enters the transfer portal. He's gone. Now, that's not as big of a deal to me because I said it on the show over the weekend. Blake Shapin was regressing as a quarterback over the last couple of years. I mean, this guy was helping this team win a Big 12 title in 2021. And now I look at him, and I know he doesn't have the best offensive line. And, you know, there's certainly some issues with the team that weren't there two years ago. But I'm looking at this guy, and I'm saying he has not progressed at all as a quarterback over the last couple of years. That being Blake Shapin. So Blake Shapin may just see the writing on the wall. He may just realize it's time for me to get a fresh start, get a new change. And I think that's good for him, and I think it's good for Baylor as well. I don't think coming back with Blake Shapin is something that made a lot of sense for either side. So this is a clean break. You move on, and you go. Meantime, some other big names early on here in the portal. Uh, Treshawn Ward at Kansas State also hits the portal. He rushed for 600 yards, so these are not no-name guys. We expected this. uh, Cartavius Norton, Iowa State also going to the transfer portal. He didn't show up at the game on Saturday night against K-State. It was expected that was because he was going to hit the portal. And by the way, if I saw Abu Sama running like he did on Saturday night as a true freshman, I'd be hitting the portal too if I was in that running back room and wanted to play in 2024 because something tells me there's going to be a lot of Abu chance, or is it going to be Sama? I I don't know. You guys tell me up there in Ames what the chants are going to be, but it's a great name for some damn good chants with Abu Sama. Abu Sama! (laughs) Whatever you want to do. It's going to be great. This guy is going to be lighting up the Big 12 next year, and that's why when you see guys like Cartavius Norton decide they're leaving, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world. So you're starting to see more of this. It's going to be a crazy week in the transfer portal, and we're going to have it all covered for you at HeartlandCollegesports.com. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of the show, by the way. And um, we also have on the website our bowl projections, a championship weeks. So go to HeartlandCollegesports.com, check out our bowl projections. And we are in for what is going to be a topsy-turvy, fun next few days. And make sure you're checking out our members' forums, our message boards. Those are free. Just go to the website, click on members' forums, sign up there, and join the conversation. A lot of good Big 12 fans we're interacting with on there every single day. We appreciate you guys. We hope you have a great rest of your day. We've got a lot more to come this week right here on the YouTube channel, on the podcast. Subscribe. We appreciate you doing that. Hit that thumbs up button. And if you want the Heartland College Sports koozie, leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you guys soon. Go Big 12.